broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Well, good morning. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri as we slip slide our way into a busy Wednesday. Stephanie Bell back from sunny Southern California. How you doing? Good. It was sunny. It was rather cold, but not as cold as it's going to be here. I've looked at the yeah. uh, 10-day forecast and... Yikes. So no surfing for you? Uh, no dipping I, your toe in the f- Pacific Ocean? My mm-hmm. girls ran around in it, yeah. but I, I declined. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like you had a good time and um, you got home safely. That's good. Were yes. you nervous landing with all of the icy and snow that everyone was talking about? Or not? Yeah, it was a journey. There was a, um, I didn't, I honestly did not think I was going to get here. Yeah. I did get in about, I think, one in the morning. Wow. Um, and there was oh. a lot of snow on the runway. And I Ooh. thought there was no chance. But for all the, you know, people give Columbia a lot of grief. Uh, they got us home. So Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, good for you. There's busy, uh, busy news cycle today. Of course, weather at the top of our everyone's minds. Um, and uh, Brian Houseworth joining us along with John Marsh over there. And um, producer Hannah. Who, Hello. What are you dining on this morning? It, nothing. It, Shh. I, nothing. Oh, oh. I saw you eating something out at your desk and you didn't bring me any. <laughs> It's nerds clusters. It's say nerds clusters, nerds ropes. <laughs> Not, it's like my tenth frozen dinner of the week. You don't have compassion for me. I'm a bachelor this week. My wife's in North Carolina. I've got all sorts and of I, stuff on my desk. You just had to ask. You I, didn't have to whine on air about mu- it. Leftover muffins. No, I'm kidding. Aww, everything's, there's no everything's old good. crusty football leftovers in the fridge. <laughs> well, right? tailgate leftovers. Oh, well, yeah. stuff, yeah. uh, stuff from Christmas. Now we do need to cover. Uh, there was a sighting in your neighborhood, Randy, of a gentleman running around in a bathrobe with no shoes on in the snow. There was. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, well, I don't know. I heard that there was a guy who let the dogs out in the backyard and one of them didn't come back in. And after normally in the bathrobe, they come back in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mia the the Wonder Dog. This is the other night after I harvested my lawn uh, decorations. Finally angel, decided to bring them in, huh? And if, yes, because we had a mixed poll on the on the text line here at five seven three eight seven four ninety three ninety. I was in my bathrobe, ready to go to bed, and uh, bare feet, and Mia didn't come back. Oh no! So we have a, a fenced in large fenced in backyard there, and didn't come back. So I had to go retrieve her, and I figured, well, why not? Real men, real men don't need shoes. So I went out and about got frostbite. Mia <laughs> came in, jumped up, John, on the couch, muddy paws. She's bloodied. I don't know what she got into. I don't you're know whether it was a badger. I don't know what was. But and it, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, oh, no. I've, I've spent the rest of the evening cleaning things up. I confess I actually was outside in a bathrobe yesterday. Yeah. I was wearing Uggs. Oh, uh, so you have your Uggs. Okay. I think at 7 a.m. my kids asked yeah. if they could go play in the snow. Yeah. And I made them wait until like 8.30. And at 9, I was just like, okay. And I was running after them trying to figure out where they were and we're going to talk southern boone out of school today southern again boone. of yeah, course a lot yes. a lot of school we're going to talk about that in just a second to set the stage for you though later on we're going to be talking about donald trump's problems in court he appeared in the appellate court in dc yesterday um also uh secretary of state jay ashcroft will be joining us at eight thirty six. zach smith uh from heritage on trump's legal issues including fanny uh 
Willis down there in uh, in Fulton County. That's something crazy. And then Andrew Koenig, Senator Andrew Koenig, will join us uh, at 8.09 for um, Universal School Choice discussion, other stuff about the session. The session is, of course, off to a wild and woolly start. But Brian Houseworth, I slip, slid away, like that old Paul Simon song, slip, sliding away. Hannah doesn't even know Paul Simon. He did. <laughs> Simon and Gar who? Finkel? Funkel? Farkel? How dare you assume that? You don't know Gar Farkel, do you? <laughs> no. Okay. Simon and Gar Funkel were big. Sent the concert at Central Park. Slip sliding away because yes. I warned everyone. I wonder if she knows me and Julio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, I was slip sliding away just getting out of my driveway and out of my yep. thankfully very flat subdivision. I mean, it is icy. Everything's frozen. That's just it. And uh, in, in, you know, a couple things that we we need to point out. Number one, virtually all the school districts in, in mid-Missouri are closed today. 93.9theeagle.com, kws.com. There are a few exceptions. The two largest school districts, Columbia Public Schools and Jefferson City School District, are on a two-hour delayed start. So as I mentioned in the story on the website, Battle, Hickman, Rockbridge normally start at 8.55. They're going to be going in at 10:55 uh today we've had some people who have said well how you know uh it wasn't that much we are very fortunate in Columbia and Jefferson City. We didn't get the snow to right. our north. The line, the, the, the forecast was actually very accurate. Yeah. And, and, and another point we must make is that it is a sheet of ice on the ground right now. Yeah. you got to be very careful. Uh, it literally a sheet of ice on the ground. And that is why uh, the Columbia Public Works people are telling people not to leave their homes and not to go out until noon today when the temperatures get above noon today. But we have a lot of listeners in the northern part of our area that don't have power in mid-Missouri right now. Me included. Uh, yes. I don't have power. Up uh, in my Macon, uh, we call it the Liberty Lair. Yes. My compound up there. So the northern edge of the listening area would be Randolph, Monroe. Uh, it would also be uh, Sheraton County. Make an electric cooperative. What, 25% of the people are out? 2,859 is, yeah. is of right now. They've terrible. restored about 200 overnight, but they're working in terrible conditions. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think they're going to join us later this morning, 630. But, you know, here's the thing. we uh, They're in tough conditions, and the Boone Electric crews are trying to do that. But some of the schools are one of the reasons they're closed in some of those areas. They don't have power. So um, it's going to be tough conditions. And then we have another storm on its way, rearing its head, mm. uh, potentially Thursday night into Friday. Mm. And I've talked to the National Weather Service about that. It's still a little early to tell the time frame. But potentially we're looking at several inches, maybe as much as five. It's hard to tell because a lot of it's going to depend on the temperature and where where it tracks. But we do know the temperatures are going to even get worse than what they are now. So uh, this is just a really tough week right now. And it's not going to get any better. Latest prediction from the National Weather Service that we just got moments ago. They're saying up to seven inches for mid-Missouri. Yeah, and that's very possible. I talked to them last night. They were were putting that together. And a lot of that, John, is going to depend on a track. You know, but... uh, it's just, you know, the school districts have built in the days, um, you know, to the point where the mayor of Kansas City actually had people tweeting at him saying that it would be dangerous to play that football game at Arrowhead Stadium. He disagrees with that. That's a whole other issue. But that's, you know, that's it, it's going to be that cold Saturday night, not just here, but at Arrowhead as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the downside for me is that before you go on vacation, you try to clear out your fridge. Mm. So I got home yesterday morning with no food and then spent the day <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> so they ate a lot of frozen pizza and yeah. things that we had stocked up. But I'm going to have to stock up before this weekend. It's it's tough out there. I mean, yes, it's, it is. I mean, and please be very, very careful. If you have elderly parents mm-hmm. and if if you can get them a little bit, tell them to to wear something if they have to go outside because you're not near them tell them to be careful and wear something to pad their hip area i That's just right. i'm deathly afraid of someone falling and breaking hips in this weather it you happens know, routinely it happens routinely and I've, i haven't luckily heard it on the scanner and that's why we're not sensationalizing columbia public works is telling people and i hope they listen to this do not go out this morning until noon unless you absolutely have to and i think that you know there it's because of a sheet of ice my uh my my grandfather's brother was about a hundred years old, maybe maybe older than that. And I, I I remember him. He was he fought in the battle of uh, he he fought Rommel in World War II in Africa. Ooh. He was he was in incredible health. He was I think a hundred and three. And the only the, well, he probably would have eventually died of something else. But the, he was doing great, and he died just what you're talking about. Yeah. He broke his hip in ice. And it was in it was the end, and then his wife died right after that. So it, it can happen. Be very, very careful in these linemen and women working in these terrible conditions. Really, really and, rough. And that's the problem, Brian. And I think like people don't realize, and I'm sure you've seen this, Randy. I've heard that from so many people. It's like, how did they die? Well, it started with a bad fall, and then things just declined yeah. from there. It's very a very frequent occurrence. And I did some ice skating this morning, oh, some yeah. shuffling mm-hmm. um, in and out of my car. So just, it, I mean, you know, I will say to Modoc crews. Highway 63 is, for the most part, pretty good. Pr- pretty good. Yeah. Um, but everything else, uh, be careful. And it gets That's to the it. it exactly. gets to the point where no matter what they put, I mean, not today, maybe not early tomorrow. But as those temperatures plummet, and I don't know where the break point is, the salt but won't there, melt. There's it. a point where That's the right. regular salt doesn't work. They have limited supplies of what is it? The magnesium chloride, something they and put they on there. And Beetlejuice too at times. What? Some of Columbia Public Works has a potential to use Beetlejuice. Michael too. Keaton? <laughs> Just don't say it three times. What is Beetlejuice? I, you know, it's a, it's a, they said it's a, <laughs> beet juice yeah, and uh, salt. Or yeah. beet juice. Maybe oh, beet, beet, okay, yeah. Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. You know, the, <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> bottom, should... bottom line, they, they, they have that. But, you know, Stephanie's point is very well taken, though, about the, the side streets, because the 20 per and crew in Columbia is focusing on Broadway and Providence and Forum, and every time they they get, then they have yeah. to keep going back. So the side roads are not in in really good uh, really good shape. I actually had somebody um, push back on the school districts on on my Twitter page, and and said it was weak. It was weak in his words that they these schools were canceling. It's not, folks. It is not weak. They they build these things, and it's a very difficult decision that they have to yeah. make. And uh, I remind our listeners who feel that way. 2016, we had a ice storm here in town that came without warning. The National Weather Service didn't warn it. We had school buses on Clark Lane that were stuck up there in the ice until 1230 in the morning. So these school districts have a very tough decision, and um, I, I don't envy them. In more traditional snow settings, they go out the, the morning of the, the superintendents themselves and drive the uh, snow. I was here last night. I took most of the school closings, and... Uh, 
primarily it's the smaller rural schools, but you know, it's not just all small. Boonville, Fulton, uh, everybody else. Um, there's just a handful of schools that are in right now. Just a handful. In retro- Jefferson City doing a couple hour late start. Yeah, correct. And I commend them for that. I mean, I, I do too. I actually, today, given the slipperiness, might be the day that they should have canceled in retrospect yesterday was so uncertain that that, you know they had a tough choice to make and the forecast came in monday snow came early if they had sent buses out there and couldn't get back they they're just in a bad predicament so i you know i know what you're saying but you know they could have got there but then getting them home safely right it's it's just a it's a very difficult situation and we we do it now in hours and not days they they change that so um we'll be in today i think tomorrow will be fine i don't even even if the worst case scenario this next system comes in late thursday night so i think today and tomorrow well today they today we'll get some dry time i assume schools will be in but i don't think they're going to be in friday is it random thought why do we talk about hours when it comes to teaching children why don't we talk about the time needed to achieve proficiency is that a union thing that's driven hours why don't we just say we're going to stay in as long as we need to make sure that students achieve their grade level proficiency at a certain percentage well, kind of like they do in a lot of the asian countries yeah right and i mean you know 40 hours may not be enough it may take 30 it may take 50 who knows and i understand that's going to be a topic of legislative discussion this year there's a bill that's proposed i think that would actually measure student growth which i guess i thought we were already doing i thought um, so and, i mean and what happened wasn't that no student left behind kind it of would deal? be included in in these grades that desi gives the school but you know i think for one instance you you know you can't expect a teacher to have everyone on grade level not everyone if they start behind and so right. that is the measure you should be looking at you know the student walks into your classroom yeah. on day one how far can you get them by yep. the end of the year and i know my kids do regular check-ins but that should be included in how we're looking at whether mm. schools are doing a good job or not yeah and that's it's a great discussion and maybe even andrew Koenig could weigh in on yeah. that later this morning but that. it is it is it, what they got away from is i want to say it was 176 days now it's a certain number of hours it's in the th- several a you know, couple thousand uh maybe 1300 i don't have it right in front of me but the 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 reality is that they most of these schools like cps build in six snow days anyway so um you know it, it's one of those things that they they have a tough choice to make, right. and uh, and and we'll continue to stay on top of it. Well, there's lots going on in the world, and uh, just to remind you that there is a uh, a debate tonight, and we will be covering it at 8 p.m. both on 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS as well as 93.9 The Eagle. Uh, a little preview, maybe, of what might be coming up. Here's Ron DeSantis from Donald last Trump's night. Trump's not been willing to debate at all uh, this time. We don't know how how he would fare. Obviously, he struggled against Biden in that first debate. 2020. That's just unfortunately the fact. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go against anyone they throw at us. And Donald it'll Trump's- it'll be Nikki Haley that they'll throw at him tonight at the CNN debate. Not sanctioned by RNC. So Certainly. Stephanie Bell coming up and we'll cover that. I'm sure as well as a lot of other stuff going on in D.C. on the national front. On Wake Up Mid Missouri. Glad you're here. Hope you're safe. Be careful. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. It's the Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell, just back from sunny 
Southern California. Yes, and I tuned in yesterday. There were there was live audio of this immunity argument in the D.C. Circuit, and someone familiar to a lot of folks, uh, they probably heard if they tuned in as well, uh, D. John Sauer, who used to be our state solicitor, is Trump's attorney, and he was being questioned yesterday. By Judge Pan. I asked you a yes, no, yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. And Twitter was very unhappy about this answer. <laughs> now, John Sauer is a very talented lawyer, went to Harvard. Um, I've been in cases with him. Um, I think that answer, there's even debate on the right whether there is a better answer to that question. But obviously, uh, it sounded like the panel was hostile and um, skeptical of the arguments of presidential immunity. No surprise. Uh, no surprise. In that circuit. No surprise. T- tough place. But even if they lose, um, I think they can appeal to the full circuit. Um, and so I suspect this will be ongoing. The real question is you know with what speed are they going to decide these arguments because essentially this this whole case was set for trial in march and that's on pause and so until they get a decision here uh, we really don't know how the outcome for trump is going to go now before I, uh, randy you mentioned there's a debate tonight which we're going to have to get to but we're facing a lot of deadlines trump is actually back in court on thursday in the new york civil fraud trial um and so we should see that we've got the iowa caucuses in what five days yep. and we've got uh congress <laughs> has just nine days to get past this spending limit issue. And Lloyd Austin has prostate cancer. I finally found out. He does. Yeah. We have to talk about that because I have, I think I might have differing views than a lot of people on that. Okay. Well, we'll see what those are. Why don't we, uh, why don't we set that on the parking lot for maybe 710? How's that sound? Let's do that then. We'll hear Stephanie Bell's different views on that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, On uh, Lloyd Austin, his AWOL, he was AWOL after all. I mean, you know, no one knew, including Biden. And apparently put like the number two in command and she was actually on vacation. So was Biden. So (laughs) one, two and three are all on vacation. (laughs) And he's sixth in succession. I didn't realize that, John Marsh. Hmm. I was not aware of that. Yeah, which which makes the gravity of the situation even more. That's it for the Daily DC Rundown. Tell your friends you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We're back at 636 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri as we keep an eye on things, uh, of course, in the region here in Mid-Missouri, but also aware of the troubling outage up in uh, the north part of the state, uh, especially among the, the Macon Electric Cooperative and others with the large percentages of people out of power. So uh, we are going to be talking with a representative of the Association of Missouri Elective Cooperatives just in just a moment. Hope to get Mike Sutherland, who's the vice president, on there. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, Ben texted us at 573-874-9390. We appreciate these updates on what's going on in your, in your uh, area. Um, said that he's been out of power for 20 hours just south of Macon. And what it, I want people to know here is that we have a lot of Boone Electric Cooperative uh, crew members, men and women linemen, that are working in northern Missouri. Macon Electric Cooperative was the hardest hit from this storm. 
I talked to the lady at the hotel next here to the station last night. She lives in Moberly. They got eight inches of snow. So make an electric cooperative at this point has 2,800 members, certainly without power right now. About 1,200 of them are in Macon. And uh, joining us live to uh, to talk about it right now is uh, join us live is somebody who's a familiar name in mid-Missouri. His name is Mike Sutherland, former state representative. His current role is the Association of Missouri Electric Cooperatives Vice President. Uh, Mr. Sutherland, appreciate you joining us. So uh, give us some idea of the magnitude of this uh, this this outage in North Missouri. This is huge. Yeah, it's been significant. And um, our crews, as, as you just alluded to, our crews have been out working um, these past couple of days, um, really working to get the power back on. Our crews have been, you know, they've been working through those challenging conditions. And, um, you know, we understand the challenges uh, families face when there's no power. So we thank them for their patience and understanding in this. But rest assured, our teams are uh, continuing their work to get power back on to folks. Can you tell us what was the genesis of this problem? Because I think, uh, again, you're, you know, folks that maybe experienced some mm-hmm. snow and slush and trying to figure out, wow, this seems unusual because there's been ice storms where I don't recall this kind of a, this magnitude of outage. Maybe I, maybe my memory fails me, but what was what was peculiar about this particular event? I think that uh, as, as folks experienced uh, yesterday that the uh, snow and, and as predicted, we had crews you know ready at, to go um, as the weather you know threat was coming in. But as people experienced yesterday, the amount of snow that came all at once, and also that combination with that snow was uh, really wet and heavy, um, and a combination of the winds as well. Um, really stressed uh, the infrastructure and uh, was the cause of uh, many of the outages. So uh, the crews have been out trying to address all of those uh, situations, getting the power back on as fast as possible. And we also had... Uh, Mike, we also had a lot of heavy winds uh, that were approaching forty mm-hmm. to fifty miles an hour. But mm-hmm. some of the, you know, some of the people in Columbia and Jefferson City don't realize that in some areas we had eight, ten, twelve inches of snow mm-hmm. in that area. We're fortunate, Mid Missouri, we have a little ice right now. And we had snow, but n- nothing like the magnitude here. I'm going to give you a couple numbers for 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 listeners: Sheraton County, two hundred and ninety four. Monroe County, three hundred and thirty two. Randolph, three fifteen. But Macon County. More than almost basically twelve hundred. That's the biggest county that has the outages. Uh, how how many crew members from uh, ballpark from Boone Electric and some of the other co-ops from Mid Missouri are in that area right now helping them? Yeah, as you mentioned that um, part of what we do with the Association of Missouri Electric Cooperatives is uh, really help uh, the forty cooperatives around the state. Um, in situations like this. So uh, uh, we've been coordinating with other co-ops and the cooperative system. One of the real benefits to our members is that we all really work together. And so, um, it, as you alluded to, crews uh, are from those electric cooperatives affected are not only working on, on the um, to get the power back on, but also crews from other electric cooperatives. We had three crews from Boone Electric, uh, one from Howard and two from Callaway go up, and they're working up in the Macon Electric area, as well as uh, the the area hardest hit and where we've seen the the most challenges is really northeast Missouri. So the three cooperatives 
um, in the northeast Missouri, which includes Tri-County, um, Electric, and Lewis as well, um, are, the, are the ones with had the most severe impact of the weather. And so we've got four crews from Quiver River Electric um, went on up to uh, Lewis County, and uh, six crews went up to Como Electric. Well, we really appreciate that extra effort by those crews who are already taxed, we know, and then uh, heading up there to do even more yeoman's work. We're talking with Mike Sutherland, the Association of Missouri Electric Cooperatives Vice President, this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Tell us about some of those cautions when there is a weather outage uh, for an extended period and all. I know there's a lot of concerns that go out there when you have this heavy snow and it knocks tree limbs down and that brings down the power lines. Yeah, that's um, that's one of the situations that can happen. So that's why it's really important for uh, right-of-ways to be clear that yard crews uh, work throughout the year, making sure that the right-of-ways for the power lines are clear. So that's one of the, the um, real uh big precautionary things that we do on that and um and this uh, as i understand it and uh our linemen are the experts i'm not on on the technical side but as i understand it that heavy snow in combination with the wind was really a big challenge because that heavy snow would sit on the lines and and then when it would fall off that would release that stress uh of the snow hanging on the lines and and uh and with the wind that was uh combination was really what was a, a bit unique about this storm and uh and that's hard to prepare for in any situation because it's a very unique situation are you hearing anything from your members is there anything they can do to prepare because it sounds like we're going to have another storm mm-hmm. here on friday and extreme cold so what are they doing to prepare for that I think that, uh, you know, uh, as I said, we, we understand that there's the, those challenges and, uh, certainly, um, making sure that they have, uh, you know, supplies and then also, um, supplemental, uh, heat can be helpful. But we're really optimistic that we're going to get the power back on, um, for ours as, as quickly as possible. I, you know, you can't put a definite timeline on that, but, Certainly, we've made big progress yesterday at 2 p.m. There were about 16,000 members without power. That's down to uh, just a little bit over 4,000 now. Our crews have been working all day yesterday through the night. They'll continue to work all day today. So at that rate of progress, we should have everybody um, back on as soon as we can. The only thing I... I from our perspective too for news and i know safety is the most important thing but if we could get a mm-hmm. picture a picture of of some of this uh that i could use with this interview i'll get that up uh if you could do that some sometime today but m- make sure they're safe before they do that but we'd love to have that because they're working in horrible conditions i think a lot of people have a hard time visualizing the actual technical problem like what is it and so it'd be fun to it would be interesting and informative to see that so that people could appreciate not only you know what these crews are dealing with but then how in these conditions they are having to try to mend things back together you know just a, a decade or two i think um ago mike people would have said are you con- are you kidding me having buried fiber optic cable for my telephone and my internet uh, is it a pipe dream to think that at some point we could think about buried electrical supply? Well, in some areas, um, there there is uh, the electric lines are buried. But when you know Missouri Rural Electric Cooperatives really serve those rural areas, 
And uh, so, uh, in in some of the rural areas, uh, there is uh, it's possible, but the cost is is uh, pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. And so, it, in some areas, that is done. Um, in other areas, uh, because of topography, because of um, the uh, other factors, it's not as feasible. But but certainly, there is a transition to that in some areas. All right. Hey, well, I know you've probably pulled an all-nighter, and it looks like you may be having more of those coming up in the next coming days. So we appreciate you spending a little time with us. And, uh, you know, you... uh you have our number. Well, I'll give it to you. It's 573-874-9390. If anything's ever breaking and you need to get a hold of us and get some word out, you know how to do that. Call us anytime. We we, we certainly will. And, and again, we, um, you know, understand and, and feel for the, the our members who are uh, having to deal with this challenge. And so uh, just remember, we are really dedicated and our teams serving the co-ops across Missouri are, are dedicated and committed to getting the power back on and understand and really put our members first. So um, uh, kind of when Mother Nature's getting at her worst, we try to be at our best. So um, we're, uh, we continue to, to do that and uh, uh, hope that everybody understands and has continued patience. Relay our sincere thanks to all those guys and gals working out on the line. So, okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Mike Sutherland. Yeah. All right, that's it uh, for uh, that wrap-up for now on the weather. But it is a changeable event. I know, Brian, you'll be keeping an eye on it, as will you, John, and uh, we'll be updating the, the pages on kwos.com and on 93.9theeagle.com. Yeah, I was just going to add, Eli Drinkwitz was their guest speaker before the season. Eli Drinkwitz addressed these linemen, a lot of the linemen and women that are up there, and he noted his brother-in-law is a lineman in... Yeah. Arkansas. And who better to talk about linemen than <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz? <laughs> All right, when we come back, Stephanie's travel saga. <laughs> that and more. Oh, including advice from Whoopi Goldberg on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Be back. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, you might want to fact check that. Well, coming up at 725, we're going to be talking, 735, we're going to be talking to uh, an expert, a formal federal prosecutor about what's going on in the appellate court. I know, Stephanie, you'll have a lot of fun in that segment because Trump was in court yesterday. He's going to be in court, it seems like, ad nauseum till the end of time. Really? I mean, I think he's back Thursday in that New York yeah, civil trial with the with the grandstanding judge. Yep. Uh, and so uh, he joins us then, and then Andrew Koenig at eight ten to talk about education stuff, and uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. And if there's any up, you know, news coming up on on the swatting incident that uh, he had early Monday morning, as well as um, he he's he's rattling about taking Joe Biden off the off the ballot and the caucus situation so tell us about your travel saga you didn't you didn't fly a 737 max 9 did stephanie you? always has the like best slash worst travel experiences and they make for great content so thank you stephanie it was pretty sketchy uh coming back <laughs> on monday and honestly i didn't think i was going to make it but you the wall street journal just posted an article and said here's where to sit in the safest place yes. and i never would have even 
thought about it, except my some weird things happened, and you know we couldn't all sit together. So two of my kiddos were kind of separated from me, and I was like looking, you know, I was examining the plane wall because I think the blowout was like the day before we flew out there. <laughs> and that's my, reassuring. I talked to my sister, and she said, "Did you fly on that same day? You know that that happened?" And I said, "No, but it, certainly it was on my mind about I, you know." Who would have, you know, I, I've always said if those masks drop down, that's probably the last time I fly. Really? Like, I just, That'll I do don't, it. I think so. And so <laughs> we had, I mean, I didn't think I was coming home. I actually called the travel agent with the winter weather and said, hey, can we bump this flight up a little bit? Because I, I didn't I just, think you were going to, I was shocked no when one, you said that you made it in. No one thought I was going to come home. So I thought, this is bad. I've had about an hour turn in Dallas, right? So I thought, that's <laughs> risky anyway. But there were storms, I guess, wherever the uh, incoming plane was coming into San Diego. So I knew initially we have a delay. Okay. Cool. And I'm like, 40 minutes. I'm still like texting more, the travel agent. More thinking, time to get nervous. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, we're not 40 minutes with <laughs> five people. You know, it's just, it's not going to work out. Then we get on the plane in San Diego and I'm thinking, I have 40 minutes. We can do this. I've texted my husband. I said, we are going to have to run. Like, that's just what's going to happen. And then we proceed to sit on the runway for like 40 oh, minutes wow. in San Diego because... Uh, there were missing band-aids in the first aid kit. Hello? Is what the pilot said over the... You're kidding. No, kidding that's me. what he said. He said, uh, we can't do the checkoff and the paperwork because the first aid kit has missing band-aids, so we're <laughs> trying to get a hold of a sealed-up first aid kit. And I thought, who... on like They we- needed the band-aids to seal the emergency exit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, don't we all... like Somebody has band-aids in their purse. Like We can help you out here and get a move on. So at that point, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, all right, I'm supposed to land at 841, and my plane takes off on 842. Oh, my goodness. Then in the night, and you always risk it. You're like, do I book the hotel room or not? You know, and then I'm, but I'm watching the incoming plane, the Columbia plane, and I'm like, it looks like it might be delayed from all the storms. So I thought, I have hope. (laughs) So land in Dallas. The other plane is thankfully delayed by like 40 minutes, an hour. And I'm like, we are going to make it, you know, praise the Lord. Um, so we r- race, 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 race to the <laughs> gate. And then we get there and it's like boarding now. And we just sit there I'm like, what is happening? And finally they come over the thing and they say, oh, one of the crew members isn't here. Everyone else is on, but we were missing one <laughs> flight attendant. Gosh. So we sit around for like an extra 40 minutes you know, with three little kids. And uh, we finally get on the airplane. Then they say, um, what do they say? They say, oh, uh, the wind is really bad in Dallas. So, And meanwhile, I'm thinking, the later this goes, the worse the weather is getting True. in Columbia. So it is just, wait, I'm like, I'm going to be stuck here. And the crew might time out. I'm just like, it's never happening for me. Um, and then they're like, we've shut down all the runways in Dallas, except for two because of the wind issue. So we have to drive to like Timbuktu, like way far away from where we, to get on these <laughs> other runways. And then when we get there he's like it's gonna be a while uh we're 27th in line for takeoff (laughs) so i think we sat for like an hour and i'm just waiting for them to be like the crew's timed out the weather's too bad in columbia and we waited our turn and took off and when we landed in columbia there was you know noticeable snow the runways Mm -hmm. had been plowed but i even got some video of the snow kind of piled up on the side and you know, they... Um, <laughs> you landed straight. You didn't end up, uh, you know, there sideways. Was very yeah. bad turbulence. The worst turbulence I've ever experienced on that flight. I wow. mean, it was bumpy. And, Holy cow. Um, and I, there, it was the moment where you're like, everyone's looking around like, are, are we okay? Oh, wow. Um, but 
we landed it. And my husband told me when we landed, he said, there must have been a man flying that plane because he put that plane on the ground. And oh. this is... No, well, I mean, but as opposed to a boy, not as opposed to a oh, woman. I because bef- remember, Hannah, when Chris we had... Chris Bell almost just got canceled. <laughs> when we had... Um, when we had... Two, we had two missed uh, runway attempts in Columbia once and ended up in Des Moines. That's a whole nother story. Really? Um, but when I saw the the um the pilot get off that plane he looked like he was 16 and i looked at my husband and i said a man would have put that plane on the ground in columbia um because the pilots look so young now but uh but yeah i was thankful and with all the grief that i mean it was late one i think 1 a.m but with all the grief that columbia gets um it was good but there is good news about the alaska Airlines situation for all those people who are nervous yeah but if you're price conscious i talked to my sister yesterday Fire on sale? the phone she said she said i was i couldn't go to my friend's wedding in like a month because it was just going to be too expensive but last night i checked the <laughs> the prices on alaska airlines and i might actually be able to afford it so if oh, you uh, want to book that trip apparently now's the time to do well, it. this i think we need a remake of national lampoon's bell family oh, vacation my gosh. that's what there i go. think yeah oh so in 2022 there were 20 accidents on u.s airlines with only one fatality. Oh, my God. The safest place, in case you're wondering, of course, tell me where the plane's going to crash, and I can tell you that, says the author. The safest place is in the back of the plane. So, that's where we go, because it's also the cheapest place. I like when it. When we come back, Lloyd Austin has prostate cancer. He was AWOL. Stephanie told us earlier she's got a bit of a different take on that. When we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, after the top of the hour news, we'll hear about it.